Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast Into the Fire podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Bill. And we are on to Game of Thrones again, a Daenerys chapter. Now I warn you, this is kind of a tricky chapter content-wise and... We're going to have a content warning on this. There is a lot of uh, craziness going on, but there is also... Uh, graphically sexual uh, things that uh, may or may not be. I did put a warning on our podcast that some fandoms contain mature content. This is one such. Listener discretion advised. So, uh, what's going on in that illustration? Uh, Okay, it is a bunch of dragons just flying around and... Uh, there's a full moon and everything, and they're flying out of a cave, and it looks awesome. Yes, it does. And I guess that's supposed to harken back to uh, what we were discussing before this podcast, right? Which oh, was? No, 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 we weren't. We were briefly discussing, like, the whole Targaryen thing and all that. And and how that. Yeah. the different Targaryens are related to yeah. each other, yes. Alright, so... We get a description of the Dothraki Sea, which is not actually a sea, it's a vast grassland that the Dothraki and their horses roam around on. And, and pretty much dominate, and uh, it's, uh, it seems like a sea, because it's just a one, la- a one big vast plain uh, that the, the Dothraki, who are, you know, these horse-based uh, nomadic uh, conqueror types... So they've got all different types of right. grass and flowers, and it talks about like how it would look like at different seasons. So, um, yeah, prairie and grassland uh, flora is quite interesting if you want to uh, look further into that in real life. Uh, yeah, for what's left of it. Um, there's a lot of that that's no longer around throughout the world, not just... Uh, the Americas, but really, and, but they're, they're still there, and you know, you could, it's all, uh, it's on, uh, multiple continents, and it's definitely something you could look into, and it's really cool stuff. And Sir Jorah tells about a Dothraki legend that, um, in the Shadowlands beyond Ashai, there are oceans of ghost grass that are taller than a man. On horseback with stalks as pale as milk glass. So that just means white. I've seen milk glass in the yeah. antique store. It's just white glass. Yep. And um, it murders all other grass and glows in the dark with the spirits of the damned. Yeah, so it has some sort of uh, possibly bioluminescent. It could just be reflective. We don't know. They don't really go into that as far and as... And it's also know. never confirmed whether it's a thing that exists. Yeah, I was going to say, does it ever come up in any of the future books at all, or no? Or? Um, I believe not. Okay, there you go. And so it murders all other grass, and the Dothraki claim that someday it will cover the entire world, and that's how all life will end. And Danny is creeped out by that. It sounds like a good weed story right there. Like, ah, tumbleweeds will get us all anyway. And she's like, I don't want to talk about that. It's beautiful here. I don't want to think about death right now. Yeah. Um, Some in the fandom have a theory that this might be connected with White Walker type stuff in a a way. Oh, yeah, that could, uh, I could see that, you know, or maybe some sort of like, if it's not 
uh, direct one-to-one. Maybe it's a different equivalent from, like, that realm of, that weird realm of uh, the undead from the forest people and all that, or the children of the forest and all that stuff. Anyway. And, oh, yeah, Danny is traveling around um, with her handmaids and on her horse, and... She has a pretty close bond with that horse. She's very much uh, what um, would now be called a horse girl. And maybe she didn't truly name the horse because that's not the Dothraki way, but she always thought of it as her silver. Yeah. And she'd ride ahead of the um, the horde and see, you know, the sights before they're all, you know, the grass is trampled. By all the riders. And I don't think this is a major spoiler. This horse, you know, doesn't survive much of season two in the show. And I think, you know, they wanted to kill off something important to her. And also maybe show off that the horse knows how to play dead on command. Yeah, cool trick. But the horse is not killed off in the books. Yeah. Nope. Not that, uh... Not that we know of, at least. Not that I. No, know, it's it's I'm not. not off. She gets. Well, she keeps this horse. There you go. Horse lovers rejoice. Yeah, and they are traveling eastward in the direction of the sacred Dothraki city, Vase Dothrak. And Danny is not handling all this horseback stuff well. Her hands are blistered from the reins, and she's it's... getting. Uh, sores on her bottom from the saddle, and she's Im- being chafed on her legs. And it's implied that she's not having a good time, that she's really not having She is very much time. not having a good time. I've never been on a horse that long, but um, my muscles were pretty sore from just a little ride. The longest I've been on a horse, I think, was... And it was just like, a, it wasn't like a major thing. It wasn't like I was actually doing any real riding. It's just, you know, a horseback tour thing or whatever. Yeah, the and longest like ride a, I've ever had. It might have been a mule even, I'm not sure. But it was either a big horse or a mule. And that was like about either somewhere between a half hour and an hour. I've been that's on more I than one horseback say. tour and that's it. Like hour, hour and a half, well, maybe like, not longer. I've been on like, you know, pony rides and stuff. When I, was I got kid, thrown by a horse it. on a horseback tour. Yeah. Well, here's what happened with me. Um, I get to tell this story now. This is like among my very limited, very limited uh, experience riding horses. Um, and I probably wouldn't likely ride a horse again. Um, but he, what happened was I was, it was, a, it was a mule probably. And the, uh, um, one of the students, one of the other students, because this was in high school, it was on like a school trip. Uh, one of the other students lost control of theirs and it went towards mine, and mine reared up. And I steadied it. But I was really freaked out. And that was that. And that's like, the the, the, other, the other reason was that uh, another story for another day, my, my grandfather almost ran over President Truman uh, with a horse. But, you know, that's uh, another day. He, we're, we're, not, we're not good at horses in my family. Anyway, go ahead. So, despite how much she loves this horse, it is hurting her to ride it so much. And, um, other things that are tough on her is, well, Drogo 
<laughs> is not the greatest of husbands. He mostly ignores her and hangs out with his blood riders and, you know, races their horses and watches the women dancing and watches the fights. And um, he only really sees her to um, have sex with her and doesn't really pay attention to her doing that either. She is not enjoying it. Um, in modern culture, it would be considered rape. And it wasn't this, okay this, just because This is pretty much rape. Let's, yes. let's not cut corners here. These are the Dothraki. They're meant to be viewed as, uh, you know, they're meant to be viewed as rough people. And, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll go through their customs whether you want to or not. And if you're in the way, then, you know, you're in the way. And many readers will put this down to, oh, she was sore from riding the horse. But no, it's more than that. And yeah. she's hating this life for understandable reasons. Yeah. And she gets to the point where she is ready to Kill herself. end herself, yes. Well, here's what happens, though, is that then she has a dream, and that's... This is this where is interesting. a lot of more things happen. And so she has this dream where she's dreaming of a dragon, and there was no Viserys, nobody else this time, just her and the dragon. And its scales were black as night, and but wet and slick with blood. Her, her? blood... And she sensed, and it, its eyes were pools of molten magma. And when it, it opened its mouth, a flame came roaring out in a hot jet. She could hear it singing to her. She opened her arms to the fire, embraced it, let it swallow her whole, let it cleanse her and temper her and scour her clean. She could feel the flesh sear and blacken and slough away, could feel her blood boil. And turned the steam, and yet there was no pain. She felt strong and new and fierce. So as you can see, this is actually pretty disturbing in imagery. This is a literal baptism in fire. And basically the dragon, which is, you know, an important symbol to her as a Targaryen, is cleansing her and making her strong. Yep. And... Um, I have mixed feelings on this. I actually found this um, dragon dream scene really empowering. Um, during a personal rough time in my life was when I first read that and I found it one of the um, I found it tr empowering to me just to read it. But oh, on the other side it could be seen as a bit patronizing that George R. R. you know a, an author who's a man is writing, oh, she had a dragon dream and then things got better for her. Well, that could be for anything. I mean, I don't find it. I mean, um, you could say certain things are problematic. I don't see how that would exactly be patronizing. It's just a metal dream. It's like a religious experience. Yeah. And, um... There's plenty of criticism in this chapter to be had. That's just not... The metal dragon scene is not... One I would have for that. Anyway, this is pretty powerful scene with the dragon. And I'm not going to give you true spoilers, but it will later be revealed that she is not the only Targaryen to get dragon dreams. 
Nope. It's not just her. Well, it seems And it may not necessarily... It's not necessarily... It also might not necessarily be a good thing. Right. Go ahead. That's uh, what I'm getting at. And... She wakes up. She goes to touch her dragon egg. She finds the black and scarlet one, just like the dragon in her dream. And she feels that the egg feels warm. And maybe she's just imagining it, but maybe she's not. And things start to get better for her. She, Not that her life actually changed for the better yet, but she's adapting to it. Um, She's doing better with the horse riding and the blisters become calluses and... Um, she gets used to riding the horse, and she's even less bothered by what Drogo was doing to her. Yeah, well, that this is the part where I think you can definitely uh, like she shouldn't some she shouldn't have to feel better about that. Yeah, and I mean, I get, I sort of get what I think. I sort of get what George R. R. Martin is trying to do. I think it's trying to be that uh, he's trying to make it. As Sarah said, empowering, and I would—I mean, I can see. And how as this I part said, during a rough time in my yeah. life was when I first read this book, and I found it empowering. And she's she's you know, me, getting but, through it, but it's like I think uh, there's always the uh, issue of describing uh, a certain amount of things. But I don't know. I mean, you know, that's uh... so they 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 get to seeing more countryside. They see the hills of Norvos, and there's farms and villages, and they ford three wide, placid rivers, and a fourth that was swift and narrow and treacherous. They camp beside a waterfall. They find the ruins of a dead city, and they avoid it because the Dothraki believe that there are ghosts in that kind of place. Um, they ride down Valyrian roads a thousand years old, which I think are based on um, some of the roads the Romans made that lasted the test of time pretty well. For and they're still up in some places. Yeah. And they ride through the forest of Kohor with leaves making a golden canopy, and there are great elk and spotted tigers and lemurs with silver fur and Huge purple eyes, much like the Targaryens. But they're lemurs. But they're so. lemurs, which is interesting. Yeah. And all of them run from the Kalasar. You see, yeah, even the tigers are not going to want to mess with a whole horde on horseback. No. Tigers want to go for somebody who's alone. Yeah, if one of them gets separated, I'm sure that'll happen. But uh, probably wouldn't want to mess with... Uh armed men, uh, large armed men on horseback. But her brother Viserys is still a problem for her. Yeah, he he hates all of this stuff too, and this is not improving his barely sane at any best of times. Mood, yeah, and he's, he, he's constantly, uh, He's constantly 
clearly upset and uh, taking it out on 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 people. And Daenerys has already, you know, started wearing the Dothraki clothes because she lives with them now, and Viserys is still wearing his Westerosi Targaryen gear, and it's not holding up so good. And And he rides up in his uh, ring mail and starts uh, screaming at her that she how she dares to give commands to him to him. You do not command the dragons. You understand? I'm the lord of the seven kingdoms. I will not hear orders for some horse lord slut. Do you hear me? You know, typical Viserys rant, and he is grabbing at her. Yeah, in a very, very bad way. Yes. So. And she pushes him away hard, which is the first time that she has ever fought back against any of his stuff. Yep. And he just loses it and is preparing to hurt her really bad when... Um, one of the blood riders um, cracks a whip at him so that it actually wraps around Viserys' throat and pulls him off of his horse. Yeah, and he uh, gets busted up from that. And, yeah, while he still has this around his throat, um, Jogo from the Kalasar asks Danny if she would have him dead. Yeah. And she's like, no, no. But uh, it's very clear that uh, Viserys has lost all of his power, really, at this point, even in the eyes of Daenerys. And, um, yeah, one of them actually says, oh, th- he should have an ear taken to teach him respect. And Jorah's like, I warned him what would happen. So she actually has Viserys released despite all this, but then has his horse taken from him. And he walks the rest of the ride. Which is a big humiliation to Dothraki. Like, if you're not on your horse, you're not a real man is pretty much there. Yep. So it's once again him being humiliated in the eyes of the Dothraki. And... He's just, you know, screaming and telling Mormont to beat her, and uh, Mormont won't do it either. He has no power. He can't command his own knight. The Dothraki don't respect him. Daenerys is standing up to him. He's nothing at this point. Mormont's not going to fight somebody for him. Like, if Mormont actually... Let's be realistic. If Mormont actually got involved, what are the odds that he would have actually lived? Uh... I'm not sure. Like, that was one of the Cal's main guys, right? It was part of his outfit, wasn't it? Yeah. So, that would be like attacking his brother. So, if he actually attacked him, like, what what would be the penalty if they just butchered Mormont? 
What, if they butchered Mormont? Yeah. What would None. happen? Yeah, exactly. So, the point is that Viserys does not understand the situation he's in. As Sarah said, he has no power. There's, like, nothing he could do. Like, they're completely at the mercy of the, of the, uh, of the, um, Cal's, uh, the, the Calisar. And they understand. And she, she's she talking to Jorah. She's like, I, I hit him. Yeah. And she's kind of in a surprise at herself. And she's like, do you think he's going to be angry when he gets back? I woke yeah. the dragon, didn't I? No kidding, he's angry now. Yeah. And Jorah is like, can you can you wake the dead girl? Your brother Rhaegar was the last dragon, and he died on the trident. Viserys is less than the shadow of a snake. Yeah. So Viserys, who is in name anyway... Jorah's king. Yeah. Uh, he Jorah's His loyal knight is said. still like he's less than the shadow of a snake. Well, he's he's telling her the uh, the truth. And he says if if your brother is the shadow of a snake, what does that make his servant? Yeah. So he's you know self-aware about that. Yep. And Daenerys says but he's still the true king and Jorah asks if she'd really want to see Viserys on the throne. And... No, no. Nobody wants him on the throne. Exactly. And Jorah's words are that there have been worse, but not many. (laughs) And there have been worse, but not many. That's a good way of... Like his daddy, I guess? His dad was worse. Yeah. Or at least towards the end. Um, and there were a few other kings that either through questionable sanity or through their excesses mm-hmm. have been very bad for the realm. And Daenerys is asking about how Magister Illyrio back in Pentos had told that the people were sewing dragon banners and praying for Viserys to return across the narrow sea to free them. And Jorah is realistic with this and is like, no, the common people are praying for good weather and healthy children and for the summer to not end. They don't really care who's king. Yep. Yeah, he explains that. Which she asks, what do you pray for, Sir Jorah? And he says, home. And she says, I pray for home too. And it says that she believed it. But as you already know, Daenerys hasn't actually steadily had home. She's moved from place to place. Yeah, she's been moving nonstop since she was like, I guess, really, really young. Yeah, and yes, there was the house with the red door, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. And at this point, the Dothraki are her home, whether she likes it or not. And as you can see, there are parts of it she likes. She she loves, you know, traveling and seeing the sights and riding her horse, but it's not home to her, at least not, not yet, and... 
And that's when Danny realizes that her brother is never going to take back the Seven Kingdoms. Not the way he is. No, he's not. He'd have to either become really badass really quickly or he'd have to uh, have somebody else do it. And certainly he is not going to influence what the Kel does with his fighting men in any way. And, uh, yeah, Danny has her tent set up by slaves because... Because that's what they have. That's what the Dothraki do. Yeah. And, yeah, eventually Viserys comes limping into camp. And... He was a walker. (laughs) Danny and her maids, you know, they get out the bathtub and, um, while she's having a bath, it seems that, um, it's generally women that get baths in George R.R.'s writing. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, but this is a point of view chapter, I guess, for Daenerys, so... And you're not going to see a lot of men's point of view chapters that contain a bath in any way in these books. No, of course not. Why would you? And she has a... She's talking with her maids. And she asks Eerie if she has ever seen a dragon. Yeah, here we go. This comes in. Now it gets interesting. And Eerie says that dragons are gone. And Jaquay agrees they're dead a long time ago. And... Viserys had told her that dragons had died out in not more than a century and a half. During the reign of Aegon III. Who was called the Dragonbane. And that didn't seem very long ago to Danny, Which, you know, from a biology viewpoint of the species, that's not... No, that's not a long time. That's... that, And that's interesting that she at that age would think that way. Because a lot of people would not think that way even now. They'll think... A century and a half ago is forever ago, because it's well past, well past her life. And it's really only proof that the dragons controlled by the Targaryen family associated with them are died out. That doesn't prove that they're gone from everywhere. And they talk about the other animals there, uh, about the manticores of the Jade Sea and the basilisks. Um... In the jungles of Yaitai, which seems to be George R.R.'s equivalent to China. Yeah. And um, spell singers and warlocks and shadow mancers and blood mages. Yeah. So why, why, why shouldn't there be dragons too? Now the differences between all of these magics, they're semi-touched on later in the books, but not to yeah. much degree. Um, it's Blood Mage and Shadowbinder you see the most of later. Yeah, and, and, and but anyway, Yuri says no dragon. Brave men kill them for the dragon, terrible evil beasts it is known. And Jikri repeats this. Of course, then there's the whole thing. Well, it is known. The, it's, uh, uh, it's the meme. It is known. Yeah. And Doya, who is not Dothraki, she's from 
lice or lease. I'm not actually sure how it's. Um, she sa says that a trader from Karth told her that dragons came from the moon. And the moon was an egg. And it wandered too close to the sun and it cracked and a thousand thousand dragons poured forth and drank the fire of the sun and that's why dragons breathe flame. And one day the other moon will kiss the sun too and it will crack and dragons will return and the two Dothraki girls think that she's foolish for thinking well, that and well, the moon's not an egg. Well, they say the moon is God. and The wife of the sun. Uh, yeah. So they've got different beliefs about that. But it still seems to be dragon. They didn't, she didn't contradict the dragon part, so... That's so, yes, that illustration with the dragons flying, was that meant was... to be that. There we go. And also one of the more off-the-beaten-track Game of Thrones theories I've seen out on the internet is that dragons are aliens. I don't buy it, but... Yeah, there's no real reason necessarily to believe that it's going there. I mean... Anyway. And yes, George R.R. likes sci-fi, but I don't... I'm not yet on board with that this is a sci-fi. Yeah. And after this bath... Uh, she gets a supper of fruit cheese and fried bread with a jug of honeyed wine, yeah. which I'm just going to assume is pretty weak. And she asks Doria to stay and eat with her. And if you rem if you remember, Doria had been given to Daenerys to instruct her in quote-unquote, womanly arts of love. I think we all know what that means. Yeah, and manners as well. But yeah, the more womanly arts of love was seemed to be emphasized by uh, the men, of course. And she stays up talking with Doria for a long time. There's no evidence that it was like the way it was in the show um, if you remember that scene, or have seen it, yeah. but, um, late at night when Drogo comes to do what Drogo does, and he's getting ready to do that, she puts her hand on him and tells him that this night she would look on his face. She she also met him outside. That she met him outside, yeah. because... Everything of importance to the Dothraki is... Is in public, so the idea is that everyone's going to be watching, apparently. So, that's, uh... Which, yeah, that's, uh... And so, she slept with Drogo again, but in a way where she took more charge, um... Cowgirl position. Yeah. And, um, Drogo called out her name, which I guess was a first. And... I don't think this is the same day, but it says on the far side of the Dothraki Sea, um, Ch Chikwi, um, notices the, the change in her belly and says, Khaleesi, you are with child. And Danny says, I know. And just in case, uh, you were, like, starting to feel good about this or whatever, it says it was her 14th name day. 
Now, we had this discussion, what do you, and again, this is, it's still messed up no matter what, because it means she's probably no more than 15, but we were asked, so we were wondering if name day really does the, equi- the equivalent of birthday or thing. I think George R. is using it like birthday, but okay. technically in but he, history. Yeah, in history, sometimes you would have, and cultures, you'd have things like that where, um, you know, people wouldn't necessarily get a name the day they were born, because you know... It wasn't guaranteed you'd survive. And you will see similar concepts to that in George Orwell's writing, namely with the wildlings. I guess they had a high enough infant mortality that they considered it a bad luck to name their child until the child was two. Yeah, that was it. So even if Westeros was doing this also, that still would make Danny 16 at most, and I don't think... Oh, it's still absolutely uh, a messed up thing, and that's uh, one of those things where... Uh, I mean, he he he's right. He's he's writing it to make it real, to make it seem real, and to make it you know seem, uh, you know, rough. And I don't want to use the term gritty, but you know, it's we're supposed to be you know realistic hi- historical style. Like it's fantasy, but it also has uh, it goes back to that thing where he's like you know he wants to know how. Uh, fantasy figures would rule and things like that, or what sort of messed up customs would there be among these people? Uh, so, and again, that's that's something people do, and you know, I, it's it's one of those your mileage may vary with uh, this and with and uh, how people, he describes uh, it, because he describes it wasn't as bad you know, description wise as that wedding night chapter. Yeah, but, but this was still like it was still more, uh, you know, more of that. So, I mean, not quite more, but, you know, it's, 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 it's getting there. And it's getting to that point. And not everybody's interpretation of this is the same. Like, some, some people think, you know, this was literally Daenerys trying to make Drogo happy. Yeah. Um, I interpret it a different way. And that's... I think she was trying to make her life better for herself with what little means there was to her. And yes, that meant she was using her sexuality in a way to make Drogo take more notice of her existence and make their nights less painful to her. I... The way I interpret it as, you know, we all want to hear, you know, straight male discuss these things um the way i interpret it is it is meant to be somewhat of a mind break uh where that's marked by that uh the chapter or the part of the chapter where she has the vision of the dragon and the tone that reads after that is very um very fatalistic and also very uh you know, very uh, accepting of that, and it, it it reads as you know her saying, you know, fuck it, I don't care. And sorry for the language, but again, but again, this is listener discretion advised. She doesn't care. She's gonna she she'll do what they want, and she'll take she'll take power. So she's using that. As a way to empower herself, as well, that's as, close. as as well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's written by a straight man. How it comes off to a straight man, I'm sure that you know there's going to be people that read that differently. 
Sarah said she got something empowering out of the Dragon Dream, at least, right? Yes. And that was, well, the Dragon Dream's metal. That's like, you could put that in any context and then make the chapter a million times more metal. But, uh, and awesome. Like, it's, I, I love stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it, it's one of those, like, how you, how you, what you take away from it, it's gonna be, like, how this sort of thing affects you, and, you know, again, your mileage may vary, including based on whatever personal experiences or thoughts you've had in the past of it, so. Uh, however think- it goes, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I also think that that's, like, one of those things is, like, it was meant to be that way. I see where he's going for that. Like, I can also see why it's questionable to write uh, a certain way. And, again, we haven't described, we haven't gone full on into it because he gets pretty, it's not super descriptive. It's not, like, pornographic, but it's, uh, it's you know, you, ha- you definitely it's know awkward. what's going on. Well, you know what's going on, and it's like you are supposed to be there. With those Dothraki, I guess, watching all that. Anyway, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, well, in whatever case, a power exchange or change has happened. I don't know how necessarily realistic I find this, but it has, um, in the future... Drogo seems much more to actually be in love with her. Now, another factor is she is carrying his child, and he is excited to potentially have a son. Yes, I said son. Dothraki don't prefer to have daughters for, as you can see, it's kind of a very male... Yeah, it's it's on the patriarchal side. Like... A woman would have to be, like, the supreme badass to actually rise any further than, uh, at best, where Daenerys is actually probably in one of the most favorable positions for women. Which, again, you know, well, we sort of know where it goes. She will outrank some because of who she's married to. Yeah, but of course we all know what happens later, which, you know, we won't spoil that, just in case somebody hasn't seen the show or read any of the books, but... uh, And a woman using her sexuality to change a situation that's not exactly deep but you are seeing and will later see that Tenarius is much much more than that yeah and again it's patriarchal it's it's a brutal patriarchy it's meant to be that way to shock readers and stuff and you know to, to, to get people into that do you have anything else to say about this Oh, just, uh, the, the, the whole thing, what was it, uh, we were discussing, like I said, we were discussing also Targaryen lineage of where, uh, uh, how, how, uh, their, uh, their situation was and how it was, uh, their, their, their older brother was the last dragon and... So, yes, Viserys, Danny, Daenerys, Viserys, Daenerys, and Rhaegar are actually siblings, even though Rhaegar is... Much older. Rhaegar, I think, was in his twenties when he died, and yeah, yeah they're was all the offspring 20s of early twenties. Do you know? Or? I think mid twenties. Okay. And they're all the offspring of Ares the Mad King and his sister wife Rhaella. Yep. And uh, so. And Daenerys is by far the youngest. 
Rayella was pregnant with her when Ares died and she fled to Dragonstone to, you know, escape from the war. Yep. So, that's just a very interesting thing. She is, you know, these are the last two and uh, they're not, they're in a precarious position to say the least. Do you have any closing, closing thoughts, Sarah? Well, our next chapter is going to be Bran, and there's going to be some interesting stuff going on there. Oh, yeah. More Bran. More there Bran. There we go. Bring it on. Well, that's that, and thank you for listening to Cast It Into The Fire podcast. Um, yep. Follow us, uh, review, and um, we'd love to hear any feedback. Join our Facebook group. It's an open group. You can join it at any time. Thank you for listening to Cast It Into the Fire podcast. Good night. All right. Good night.